Hello and welcome to episode 33 of the Batflip Crazy Podcast, where you'll always find enthusiastic, data-driven fantasy baseball analysis. I am your host, Toby. Today we are going to cover three more players on our journey of deep dives into um, all of the fantasy baseball relevant players this year. I really am going to have to pick up uh, the pace. However, if I keep this pace up, I'm like, it's going to be June by the time I get through everybody. So I'm going to have to figure something out there, maybe cutting and limiting them. It's just so hard for me because I have a problem. Um, Today we are going to cover Chris Sale, which is a lot of fun because Chris Sale is very, very good. Also going to take a look at Freddie Freeman, a guy who is going in second rounds, which I think who I think might deserve the hop up into the first round, and you will find out why when you listen to the podcast. Third on the list is Aaron Judge, uh, a guy who uh, has obviously a unique profile, uh, both in terms of his stature and in terms of uh, what he brings Uh, fantasy baseball wise Um, really interesting to dive into the numbers on him Uh, it it, it makes me a little bit more comfortable taking uh, him a guy like like him with that profile with that strikeout rate is normally a guy that I um, shy away from a little bit but I think in average even in average leagues his uh, his contact is consistent um, enough and you will see um, I will I will cover that uh, in the profile for him as well as always, you can find uh, the podcast on iTunes and other podcast platforms. Uh, if you like what you hear, please do give us a five-star rating and write a nice review. Tell your friends. Hit that retweet button, even the like button, even the like button and the retweet button. Uh, whatever you can do to really spread the word, um, I would just greatly appreciate it. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at BatFlipCrazy. That is the best place to reach me. I'm most active there. Also on Instagram, at BatFlipCrazy, Facebook, at BatFlipCrazyFantasy. Have some YouTube videos up. Just search for BatFlipCrazy. Um, so some of the first player profiles that I did, I, I made some YouTube videos where I have my spreadsheet and I kind of walk you through. That might actually be a helpful visual just to watch one of those to see kind of what I'm looking at um, as I go through the different player profiles. If you do like those, let me know. I've stopped doing them just because the upload time is so long. Um, on YouTube, but um, you know, if, if enough people are interested, then I'm happy to uh, keep making those again. The blog is batflipcrazy.com, which I definitely need to update. Anyways, let us take a look at Chris Sale, Freddie Freeman, and Aaron Judge. Let's get this party started. All right, first up today, we are going to take a look at Red Sox postseason at least relative hero uh the guy who closed it out for the red sox world series victory this year not somebody you'd expect to be closing out that game uh chris sale obviously one of the best pitchers in the game one of the things we have to be thinking about with sale heading into next year is obviously the shoulder injury that hampered him down the stretch this season Remains to be seen what whether there's any long-term damage, whether it's going to impact him next year. But you probably want to be a little bit more conservative uh, on your innings pitched for next season. You know, three uh, two years ago, he he threw two one two hundred and twenty-six and two-thirds innings. Followed that up with two hundred fourteen and a third uh, innings, and then only a hundred and fifty-eight this year. But you still got incredible production, as we will see. Twelve wins. 
um, which is solid, five less than he had in the two previous seasons. His strikeout rate was at its highest, though, of the last three seasons, 38.4%, which is awesome. 32.9% K-minus walk rate. Going over these, the pitchers at the top of the rankings is just ridiculous. I, I mentioned how I have my color-coded sheet, and Chris Sale, just like Max Scherzer before him, is just green, uh, 90th plus percentile. But that K-minus walk rate is just so good, 32.9%. League average um, is around 14.5%. So that just gives you a sense he's uh, better than double doubling that K-minus walk rate uh, league average. He had 237 strikeouts to, despite only throwing 158 innings. So while the inning totals weren't necessarily there, um, he didn't hurt you in strikeouts. And that's one thing to consider for Sale heading into next year is even if you're dropping his innings pitched, you are still going to look at 200-plus strikeouts, which very, well, uh, not many guys are getting you these days. 13.5 strikeouts per nine. His swinging strike rate was also the highest of the last three years at 15.8%, up from 14.9% last year and 11.3% in his last year with the White Sox. O contact also down, Z contact also down by 3%, 76.5%. So 9% below league average on his in-zone contact. Uh, so batters in the zone, swinging at pitches inside the zone, have about the same contact rate as just overall batters swinging at all pitches, including those outside the zone. That's how good we're talking about for sale. His overall contact rate, 66.9%. Obviously, uh, all of those numbers support the strikeout rate that he is producing and just highlight the elite production that sale will give you. Similarly, he's got very strong walk numbers, 5.5% walk rate. That's 3% below league average, which is about 8.5%. Uh, his walks per nine under two at 1.94. First pitch strike, highest of the last three years at 67.6%. His O swing, very solid, about 6%, 5.5% above league average, 36.3%. And he's throwing the ball uh, um, in the zone at a 44.1% clip. That is slightly above league average. It's down from the last couple years, but one of the things that we know about Sale is he doesn't have to throw the ball. That's what the O-swing tells us, is that he's getting folks to chase at pitches outside the zone, so he doesn't need to be in the zone as much to get strikes, which is which is huge uh, for that walkout rate. And then similarly, uh, with his very low O-contact percentage of around 50%, uh, he's getting swings and misses a lot. Whip of 0. 0.86, uh, 0.97 last year, 1.04. He just keeps getting better. Babbitt has been low, um, uh, or was low this year, 283, so about 10 points below league average, but that's supported by a uh, 260, uh, 276 expected uh, BABIP. Uh, his expected BABIP um, last year aligned at 301, so you know not only has he improved in terms of you know his uh, strikeout skills and just his general skills, but he is also uh, generating a worse contact on balls in play at least. Um, his soft hit rate is at 27.4%, about 9% above league average. This is the first time in the last three years that he has actually had this type of elite soft hit rate. His hard hit rate is also down to 26.5% against. 
So he has a harder, a higher soft hit rate than he does a hard hit rate. You've got to be kidding me. Uh, just keeps getting better when we dive into these numbers. Ground ball rate at 44.2%, also up. So really across the board, we're seeing um, an improvement from sale this past year as compared to previous season. He was obviously one of the top four heading into last year's draft. I think he easily slots in depending on health, and a lot of that will depend on spring training, what we see in terms of the velocity, and just the overall outlook come spring training. But he's clearly the uh, number two behind Scherzer, if not the number one. Uh, the health is really the only reason to uh, to drop him a little bit. A WOBA of 238 compared to an expected uh, WOBA of 248, uh, 315 being league average for both of these. Elite, elite, elite. A 211 ERA, um, which is maybe uh, slightly lower than some of the ER estimators think are, are right. His, his FIP was actually 1.98. I give FIP probably the least um, the least amount of credence in terms of the ERA estimators. I think the research has shown that XFIP and Sierra are better uh, at um, estimating uh, ERA. Uh, XFIP is at 231, Sierra 227, so slightly above that 211, but no huge issue there. His left on base percentage was 82.5%, which is well above league average of 72.8%. This is the number of uh, runners that he um, who are who get on base um, who uh, end up scoring, and so this is often seen as kind of an indicator of luck if you have a very high left on base percentage. Now Sale definitely has a very high one. It's probably one of the higher numbers that you're going to see from a starting pitcher. Last year it was 78.4%, 76.6% before that. You know you're likely I think to see a little bit of a dip there, but. The thing about Sale is that he strikes out so many guys and he allows so few balls in play that you're going to expect a slightly, if not very elevated, left on base uh, percentage from him. We see that consistently in the numbers, although this is by 4% the highest number we've seen. So maybe a little bit of, uh, of room for regression there. In terms of home runs, this is where he really improved this year. Only 11 home runs given up compared to 24 last year and 27 the year before that. Came on 16 expected home runs, so got a little bit lucky there. Um, has outperformed, did outperform that number by about 7.8 um, uh, uh, last year. So he does have a history in the last couple of years of outperforming those expected home runs. Maybe it's the cavernous Fenway Park. Uh, the expected home run model that is used by XStat, though, does account for ballpark. So it's just one thing to consider. You know, 11 home runs. Uh, is it's a very very low mark his home run per fly ball rate was not surprisingly down at 9.3 percent compared to 12 percent the two years before that his expected home run per fly ball rate is it was at 13.6 percent which is a little bit closer to that 12 percent um you know that we've seen in past years so definitely expect a little regression there his home runs per nine was at 0.63 jeez Wow, 1.16 is the league average, so about having um, that. Uh, in terms of barrels, he actually gave up uh, more barrels per plate appearance this year um, than in previous years, 4.1%, 25 barrels, uh, compared to 3.5%, 3.9% the last two years. His average home run distance right around league average at 397. You know, so there's nothing, um, uh, you know, that, that we're seeing that's, you know, 
not terrible, uh, but would expect a little bit of regression there um, in that home run, uh, the, all of the home run metrics there. I think you can, you can pretty much count on that. Let us dig a little deeper into or deep into his arsenal. Uh, fastball uh, is uh, dominant pitch. The weighted, um, it came in at 95.3 on average, which was uh, higher uh, than last year by about 0.6 miles per hour. Always a good sign. Very successful pitch. Overall, a 13.1 um, positive, uh, positive pitch value at 1.35 uh, per uh, 100 pitches, which is very solid. His two-seamer actually wasn't a great pitch for him this year. Ended up uh, getting him some negative value there. Um, so we will take a look uh, when we take a look at his splits in terms of how many of those pitches he was throwing this year um, compared to last year, but the two-seamer not as successful as it has been in the past. His slider, uh, dominant pitch, uh, 2.17 positive pitch value per 100 pitches thrown, 18.9 overall, one of the best sliders in the game, not surprisingly. Similarly, that changeup, also an elite pitch, over two, uh, 2.26 uh, positive pitch value per 100 uh, pitches thrown, 9.9 total, throwing that, that at a 17.4% clip, 34.5%. Um, for his slider, so throwing more than 50% of his pitches um, off speed with an already elite fastball. Obviously, the arsenal is filthy, um, and we will get and we will dive in right now into that arsenal a little bit uh, a little bit deeper as we get into the uh, pitch FX per each pitch. So um, this is awesome. Uh, his four seam fastball, 14.8% swinging strike rate on that. So his just if, if he only threw that four-seam fastball, obviously things would change. But if he just threw that, he would have a, um, a swinging strike rate that was 4% above league average. But wait, his slider, 18.1% swinging strike rate on that. His changeup, the best of the lot at 19.6%. All of those pitches um, generating at least above league average. Uh, chase rates, 31.6% on that uh, four-seam, which is great. The slider at 39.7, changeup at 41%. Again, that sinker, um, he was throwing it uh, less than he was um, uh, in previous seasons, it looks like, uh, just based on the on the pitch number compared to uh, how many innings pitch he was throw, throwing. I will double-check that in one second, but obviously very solid there for, um, for our buddy Chris Sale. Uh, pretty much... Two knockout pitches, one being his fastball, um, additional potentially knockout pitch. So the guy's got just a absolutely filthy arsenal. When we take a look at his rolling averages, too, um, he actually performed better as the season um, progressed in a lot of uh, metrics. So towards the end of the season, he was at a 16.1% swinging strike rate over his last 10 games pitched. That's higher than his overall season rate of 158 even got it up to 17.8% swinging strike rate over 10 games. That is just very, very nice. 38.6% O swing over those last 10 games. Not as concerned about his first pitch strike, but still 66.8% well above league average. Zone percent also way above league average. So 
you can just see um, for sale that he was bringing it throughout the year and even towards the end of the year. This is a, something that's very interesting to note too, and one of the reasons why I think you see some of those skills improving. He did fade his sinker towards the end of the season. So at the beginning of the season, he was throwing it on about 17.5% of his pitches. By the end of the season, uh, Chris Sale was only throwing that pitch 5.7% of the time. That's his worst pitch. As usual, throw your best pitches more, and you are likely to see positive um, results. And so um, uh, not surprisingly, when we look at his sinker percentage, yep, it's down just year over year by 2%. And again, towards the end of the season, he was throwing that a lot less. To summarize, Chris Sale, uh, he and Scherzer, for me, are the top two pitches pitchers pretty clearly. I think they're, they'd be virtually interchangeable. And Sale, I might even give him... Uh, a leg up if it weren't for the health issues towards the end of this last season. Obviously, anytime we're talking about a shoulder injury, it raises a little bit of concerns. But, you know, at the same token, you know, let's say you got the same performance from sale next year that you get this year with 158 innings pitch, but 237 strikeouts, incredible ratios. You know, you'd probably... Um, you're probably still going to take that, right? And I think you're going to get a discount this year because of the injury concerns. He's dropping into the second round in a lot of two early mock drafts um, or in a lot of mock drafts. He went on average 16.6. So just think about if you could, you know, uh, pull together a, you know, one, two of, you know, Chris Sale and... Let's see, Chris Sale and Nolan or Arenado towards the end of the first round. Or, you know, a Chris Sale and, uh, I'm not going to use Paul Goldschmidt, but Manny Machado. Manny Machado and Chris Sale as your one-two to kick off a team. I think that's just an excellent position to be in. So monitor Chris Sale's health heading into the beginning of next year. I definitely see him as the number two pitcher off the board uh, following Max Scherzer. If everything is looking healthy, he may even bring you a significant value because of the injury concerns. I have no problem jumping on him, even in the first round, if the injuries um, don't look like they're going to pose a problem for him next year. Uh, early second round, he's a bargain. One of the guys that you'd love to start your pitching staff off with. Next up, we have Freddie Freeman, first baseman for the Atlanta Braves, going on average at an 18.3 average draft position in the 10 to early mock drafts. Freddie Freeman. Um, I like a lot of what I see in Freddie Freeman's profile overall. I've mentioned him on the podcast before as being a guy that I could see um, bumping up ahead of some some frequent uh, frequent top top 10 or at least first round talent names. So let's dive in and, and see kind of what, what I see or um, you know, what we might look for for Freeman. In terms of plate appearances, over 700 plate appearances last year. Uh, played every single game for the Braves, 162 games, 707 plate appearances. That follows 514 and 693. Remember that 514 was due to a broken bone in his, I believe it was his wrist or his hand, that costed him significant time after just mashing it early on in 2017. He started off the season pretty hot uh, this year as well and then slowed down a little bit 
and saw a drop in power, which we will get to in one second. Over the last three years, we've got a solid 300 batting average, 302 two years ago, 307 last year, 309 this year. Generally supported by the X stats, he had a 310 expected average on that 309 average last season, 307 expected average on that 307 average the year before. So we're talking about a guy who you can really count on to give you very good average in the low 300s, even you know approaching, uh, I don't know, what would you call it, the three double digits or, or no, I don't know, 310, approaching the 310-ish. Um, and so that is really nice, and that has been something that's consistent. He's getting uh, really uh, consistently high BABIPs, 370, 335, 358. Uh, he, is a, he is an excellent uh, hitter of the ball, um, you could say. Uh, cut down that uh, strikeout weight rate, which is great, 18.7% this past year, 8.5% the year before that. That follows a 24.7%. Uh, strikeout rate a couple years uh, a couple years ago, so a six percent improvement from two years ago, which is really nice. We see that show up in the contact rate, which is right around league average, and in the Z contact rate, also up about six percent from two years ago, steady at around eighty three percent. So not quite at league average for in zone contact rate, but you know when Freeman does make contact, uh, it is it is very good. And as we'll see in a second, he swings at a lot of pitches, so he misses them, but. Uh, that that helps account for that lower strikeout rate that he does have. So the contact rate and the contact profile, the overall batting average profile looks terrific uh, for our buddy Freddie. Uh, OBP, 400, 403, 388, the last um, three seasons. So uh, well above league average, uh, uh, over two standard deviations above the mean for two of those three years, and then 1.67 for the year after that. Very, very solid overall. The surprising thing for um, for Freeman when I dive in is that his plate discipline actually isn't tremendous. Um, he's consistently between 33 and 35% on his O swing, so worse than league average, and he swings at a lot of pitches. So league average is 46.6%. He's very aggressive at 55.6% this past year, and for that reason, you see a dip of 2%. Um, in his walk rate, uh, you also see that because he got intentionally walked uh, fewer times last year um, than uh, previous years. Um, so only t- uh, 12 intentional walks last year, 14 the year before that, and then 18 the year before that. So he is not getting um, uh, the benefit of the uh, intentional walks, largely because he's now in a better lineup would be my assumption um, there. So walk rate uh, decreasing slightly, but still at 10.7%. It's been consistently uh, above league average, well above league average, 2 to 4% above league average for the last three years. So I think that's something you can count on as well in OBP leagues. When we look at his um, runs per plate appearance, 13.3%, so only a little bit above league average um, for this past year, which is disappointing given his well above league average um, OBP. So that's something that I would expect to see change. He was at 16.3% uh, last year and 147 the year before that. Doesn't really make sense for him in a better lineup um, to have that worse uh, runs per plate appearance. So I'd expect that to bump up. And if he can, if he can uh, get into the 650 range for plate appearance, he's likely hit that triple digits for runs. 
One of the reasons that might have been the case is that he was batting in front of Nick Markakis for much of the year. And while Markakis has a pretty good batting average, he did not hit for a ton of power um, this past year. And so maybe that might, um, you know, it might be some bad luck, maybe a little bit of who's batting behind him. And so hopefully, depending on who they have hitting cleanup um, in the Braves lineup this next year, uh, you, I think you can pencil him in for a bump up in the, in the runs per plate appearance and likely in the runs, uh, obviously, uh, barring any health issues. That's one of the reasons why I like Freeman a lot. I feel like across the board, there's really just, there's a lot of room for growth despite already uh, strong performance. For home runs, he disappointed a little bit with only 23 home runs, but those 23 home runs come on 29.5 expected home runs, so that's uh, underperforming by six and a half. So it's not that he wasn't hitting the ball hard at good launch angles necessarily. He just wasn't getting, uh, you know, lucky. So maybe there was some that hit the top of the wall that sometimes, you know, in other seasons would have gone over because the wind was different or maybe he hit them slightly to different places, you know, um, a little bit over, uh, a little bit more to the pull side and it goes out. You know, those things can really make a, a huge difference. Um, after seasons of 34 home runs and 28 home runs the last two years, I would expect that number to bump up. I have no problem uh, projecting him for a high 20s um, home run total for next year and really could see him very easily getting into the low uh, 30s. So when we take a look at the underlying numbers, 41.9% hard hit rate, that is up from last year by 4%, um, which is about what the league uh, general league increase was as well. 43.5% two years ago, so down a little bit from there. His ground ball rate did go up, and that's something that I'm going to cover in his rolling average graph. You know, towards the middle of the season, like May through July, he had a huge spike in his ground ball rate and his chase rate. Um, and, you know, that that really, I think, sidetracked a little bit of the power and, um, and, and also w- just wasn't necessarily a positive development. His home run per fly ball rate this year was 14.9%. That's after consecutive years of 19.9%. Um, percent. And what's super interesting is that his expected home run per fly ball rate at that 29.5 rate would be 19.2%. So, you know, I really like that expected home run number as the number that I'm considering uh, for Freeman heading into next year, which really, I think, boosts his value um, significantly. Um, so over the last three years, his expected home run per fly ball rate, 22.1%, 22.6%, and 19.2%. So all very good there. Um, when we look at his hard hit fly ball rate, we do see a little bit of a, bit of a dip there, 45.5%. So above league average, but down from 52.5% last year and a full 10% from two years ago. His hard hit pulled fly ball rate, though, is up at 30%. um, is the uh, the, uh, league average. So he's not quite there, but he's up from 20% uh, last year and 25.5% the year before that. That is a nice development to see. Barrels, he had 46 last year at 6.5% rate. That is down from 8.9% and 8.4% the two years before that. So again, a little bit of a a down tick, if that's uh, a phrase. Um, in his barrels per plate appearance um, and his overall home run metrics. Now, that's definitely something um, to be thinking about. But again, 
I don't necessarily see, um, you know, a reason why he would experience that type of a bit outside of injury. And just looking at his rolling average graph, there's a good explanation for it that his chase rate increased and his ground ball rate kind of shot through the roof because he was continuing to make contact um, on those on the pitches that he was swinging at outside the zone and he really couldn't do much of them. You know, that kind of makes uh, a little bit of sense. But outside of injury, I don't know why a guy, you know, 28, 29 in his prime would see these, these types of dips. So I actually think there might have been um, some sort of injury that was lingering there in the background for Freeman. RBI, 98 last year, 71 the year before that, 91 the year before that. Solidly between 13.1% and 13.9% uh, those uh, three years. So that is an above league average RBI per plate appearance rate. Um, you know, with Acuna in front of him, uh, maybe Albies' plate discipline will improve a little bit too. You never know, but um, hopefully uh, that RBI rate will at least say the same, get you in the 90s, high 90s in terms of RBIs, potentially pushing triple digits if he gets lucky, especially if he can boost that home run total. Um, when we get to stolen bases, this has been a pleasant surprise for, um, Freeman over the last three years, he is averaging eight stolen bases, which is really nice. Uh, a lot of it is volume. He's stealing, um, 1.4% of his plate appearances uh, compared to 1.6% last year, 0.9% the year before that, uh, 10, eight, and six are the three numbers with 10 being the most recent one. And this is, where I where I comped um, Freeman was with um, was with Alex Bregman, um, and thinking about which of those players I like heading into next year. Now Bregman has the dual eligibility at shortstop and third base, but when I look at batting average, I've definitely got to give the nod to Freeman there. When we look at uh, runs in RBI, they're fairly similar in terms of OBP, so I'd expect that the run total uh, should be fairly similar. Again, RBI. Um, the major difference is Freeman being down in those home runs. Who would I project to have more home runs this year, Freddie Freeman or Alex Bregman? I still probably, if I if I had to bet, I would still go with um, with Freeman, uh, most likely, just because we have the history of 30-plus uh, home run totals. We obviously have that with Bregman last year, but I do think that he might have gotten a tad bit lucky on some of those and expected home runs would agree. So that kind of gives you a sense you know, so the, in, in those four categories, you're kind of giving Freeman the benefit of the doubt in terms of average, maybe home runs, you could call it a push, you could even go to slightly Bregman. But now even with stolen bases where you in the past, you would have thought that Bregman had a major leg up on Freeman. Freeman has consistently put up, you know, that average of eight over the last three seasons. So it's not something that you're necessarily, you know, banking on, I wouldn't necessarily, you know, I, I could project him at eight, I think, um, I think that makes um uh, sense where he's at right now, but you know, without Bregman having those elite stolen bases, especially having an elite stolen base rate, then I mean, Freeman's right there with him. So that's why I might even have Freddie Freeman above Alex Bregman this year, and I, I, I probably will, to be honest. Uh, stolen base opportunities 264, 199, 309 this past year, 4.2% this year, his stolen base attempts. Um, on those opportunities, 6.5% the year before that, 2.7% the year before that. So the last two years are elevated. Um, again, uh, you know, don't go crazy and start, 
you know, projecting Freddie Freeman for 15 stolen bases, but I think you are, you can comfortably project him um, at around eight, six to eight, maybe just to be on the conservative side, but more than you probably were expecting when you dove into the profile. Now, looking at Freeman's um, rolling average graph, love the contact, um, stayed relatively stable and um, mostly on the higher end of his three-year average, um, which is really nice. The hard hit rate had a very high spike early in the season, and at the same time of that bump in O-swing and that bump in um, ground ball rate, he also saw a dip in his hard hit rate. So again, that could be because of the O-swing um, going crazy, but you know he's had some similar um, situations where he had that O-swing um, go up, and we haven't seen, seen the type of uh, ground ball spike. I mean, he was all the way up to close to 50% ground balls over a 40 game period there. And that's just um, not necessarily what we've grown to think of when we think of Freddie Freeman. But the hard hit rate was overall solid. You know, it bottomed out around 35% around league average, but was above that throughout the year. Uh, Very, very solid. And the ground ball rate, again, got down to 34%. uh, So about 8% below league average, which is really nice. Um, That's, I think, where we're going to see the power uptick. So as we think about where does Freeman slot in in the overall rankings? Um, You know, if I had to say right now, I would probably slot. um, I actually have to say right now because I'm doing this podcast. Um, (laughs) uh, I would probably slot him in after Manny Machado. Um, Potentially. Yeah, I think I would slot him in right after Manny Machado. So I'd have him as as 11. Um, right now, my top 10, Mike Trout, Mookie Betts, Jose Ramirez, Christian Yelich, uh, Max Scherzer, um, Trey Turner, Ronald Acuna, J.D. Martinez, Francisco Lindor, Manny Machado. And then I think I'd probably slot in Freeman uh, right there at 11, uh, followed by Nolan Arenado and Alex Bregman. One thing to consider is where does Chris Sale go in that? I think if if Chris Sale is fully healthy and we feel confident that, about that heading into next season, I could see taking Sale um, all the way up at eight in front of his teammate, J.D. Martinez. Um, I could also see him slotting later on um, in the first round. But, you know, I think you can comfortably slot uh, Freddie Freeman in there um, solidly into the first round for me. At least right now, we still have more players to cover, but... Uh, my guess is that he, he'll probably end up being in my top 15. Aaron Judge, outfielder for the New York Yankees, is next up. He is ADP Twinsies uh, with Freddie Freeman, 18.3 uh, average draft position in the 10 to early mock drafts. That is the exact same as our buddy Freddie Freeman, who we covered in the last segment. Let's take a little bit of a dive um, or a deep dive into uh, Judge. Uh, over the last three years, he's put up plate appearance totals of 498 last year. Remember, he had the wrist injury, I believe, uh, 678 uh, in his breakout season in 2017, 95 plate appearances uh, in his first season with the Yankees where he just got a September call-up. In terms of batting average, 278 this past year with a 283 expected average, so actually a little bit higher than that, 278, 284 in 2017 and 279 expected average that year. So right around those high 270s, low 280s seems like where Judge is consistently settling in. 
I'm just going to ignore his 2016 season, to be honest with you. He hit 179. It was 95 plate appearances. Judge seems to be a different guy since then. So we'll just look at 2018 and 2017 as we kind of look at where he, um, how he's developing. So the batting average is not going to hurt you. That is going to be a net positive. It is um, about 0.7 to 0.8 standard deviations above the mean. League average is around 258. And that's really nice for Judge. Obviously, the major concern with him is going to be Uh, the high strikeout rate, and what that means in terms of his batting average. But we've seen consistently high BABIPs, 357 BABIP, 368 BABIP this past year. So very elevated. The dude hits the ball hard. Contact rate is where the major issue is 65.9% overall, so about um, 11% below league average. His in-zone contact rate is at 77.9%. Again, that is well below league average, about 7.5%. The only a little bit of a concern that I would have is that we have seen about a 2 to 3% dip in his contact rates um, from 2017 to 2018. Um, so, you know, not huge, 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 but definitely a little bit on the concerning side. 30.5% K rate this year after 30.7% K rate the year before. That could even go up a little bit. So he is very BABIP dependent, but we've seen that those BABIP skills are consistent. I think if you're projecting him, I think you're you're projecting him a little bit more conservatively, maybe in the low 270s, high 260s. But he's shown in his first two years that he can uh, be at least somewhat of an asset in terms of batting average, which is great with his profile. Getting to OBP, this is where he really starts to thrive. Uh, 392 last year, 422 the year before that. Uh, The expected uh, OBPs align uh, pretty well with both of those numbers. Uh, Over two uh, two or over two standard deviations above the mean. Elite plate discipline, 23.4% this past year, with 31% about being league average. That's a drop of about 1% from uh, the previous year. Swing rate down at 40.3%, uh, 6.5% below league average. So he's very selective in the pitches that he's swinging at. And then not surprisingly after all of this, 18.7% walk rate last year, 15.3%. This year, uh, terrific. Um, Runs, he had 77 runs this year after 128 uh, in 2017. Obviously, there was a huge discrepancy in plate appearances. There was also a pretty big uh, drop in terms of his runs per plate appearance. He was at 18.9% uh, last year, 15.5% this year. The 18.9% is pretty close to what you'd get from a league-leading number. And so, um, you know, I think the 15.5% makes uh, a lot more sense. He's obviously got... Um, you know, he's in a great lineup. He's batting in front of Giancarlo Stanton uh, most of the time. And while Stanton has had his struggles, he still hit a ton of home runs, drove in a lot of runs. And so, um, you know, that runs per plate appearance is, is going to be solid with the OBP in the lineup that he's in. And, you know, the thing that always kind of surprises folks, I think, is that Judge is not necessarily a, you know, uh, a big guy on the base pass. He actually uh, is a decent base runner both in terms of, uh, you know, providing some stolen bases and and just overall speed uh, when he's allowed to get going on the base pass. Um, So that is a very solid for the runs number. He is going to be a consistent contributor in in that category as long as he stays healthy and maintains that elite 
uh, plate discipline. Home runs only 27 this past year, partially because of the plate appearances, but also a significant dip um, in his home runs per plate appearance. He hit 52 home runs last year. Uh, The expected home runs support the 27 home runs, 27.8 expected home runs. They had him at 61.6 expected home runs last year on those 52, so underperformed there significantly. His home run percent dipped by uh, two, a little over 2%, from 7.7% to 5.4%. Again, still very, very strong, but not, not the elite, the peak elite that we saw uh, in 2017. About 1.3 standard deviations uh, above the mean there. ISO is obviously going to be solid, 249 this year after 343 the year before. His hard hit, hit rate did actually get a little bit of a bump, though. Um, of close to 3%. Again, remember, though, that we saw an overall hard hit jump um, in, uh, in baseball of about 4%. And so unless you're, you're making a, a big jump there, uh, take it with a little bit of a grain of salt. Where I think we saw some issues with Judge last year, and again, this may be a product of the injury, 41.7% ground ball rate. That is a 7-point jump from his 34.9% ground ball rate last year. So that's something that we really want to see him turn around because the home run to fly ball rate was was still elite, 29% compared to 35.6% um, the year before. Um, but you know, if he, if the volume is going to be down considerably because he's hitting about league average ground balls instead of having a very low ground ball rate, that is going to produce um, some challenges and a lower um, home run total than we would hopefully that we'd be hoping for for a guy uh, with Judge's power. His hard hit fly ball rate um, took a dip, 44.1%. This year, down 10% from last year at 54.1%. His hard hit pulled fly ball rate was also down a little bit, 24.4%, down 6% from last year and below league average. Again, we don't worry about that much with Judge because we know the dude's got power to all fields. Anybody who saw him in home run derby, I mean, that, that was a sight to see. Uh, in last year's All-Star game. That was quite enjoyable. 43 barrels this year, 8.6 barrels per plate appearance. This comes after he led the league with 12.8% in 2017, 87. So again, the power metrics are down a little bit. And this one actually really surprises me. His average home run was only 397 feet. Uh, That is league average compared to 413 uh, feet um, back in 2017. So... Um, you know, whether it was the wrist injury or something else with bothering him, maybe, you know, he just outperformed his underlying skills in 2017. Uh, whatever it is, I think there was something, um, something, something bothering him a little bit there. So that may, that may bring our home run, uh, projections down a little bit. His RBIs, he had 67 this year, 13.5% RBI per plate appearance down from 16.8%. Uh, the previous year. The thing I think, um, you know, that that strikes me as a little bit fluky. He obviously hit plenty of home runs this year, had a decent uh, batting average. He has guys like Aaron Hicks uh, batting in front of him uh, occasionally, uh, Brett Gardner batting in front of him. Uh, he's got some really strong OBP guys ahead of him. So I expect that number um, to likely bump up, you know, obviously depends on where he ends up batting um, in the lineup. When we look at his stolen bases, six stolen bases last year compared to nine the year before. 
but similar stolen base per plate appearance at 1.2%. So if he does log those, um, uh, if he does log more plate appearances next year, you know, doesn't get injured, then uh, expect to see those bump up a little bit. But he's not, he's not empty. You know, you'll take those six um, stolen bases. Stolen base success rate is not great. 69.2% last year, 667 this year. That's below the kind of magic number of 75%, which, um, you know, which, which makes stolen bases worth it, and also below league average of 72.1%. So that's just something to have in the back of your mind as you think about his stolen bases and whether he gets the green light uh, moving forward. Uh, 257 uh, stolen base opportunities last year, 208 this year. Uh, 4.3% stolen base attempt rate, 5.1% last year. So um, just something to think about when it comes to our buddy Aaron Judge. You will get some stolen bases, but by no means is he, um, you know, a guy who uh, is successful all the time. But hopefully he still gets a little bit of a green light. Uh, When we look at his 80-game rolling average, we do see a jump in his O-swing. It's up to 26.3%, though, still well above a league average. The ground ball rate is is a longer term issue it seems like uh, his 80 game rate is just hovering around that 44 percent you know um since june of 2018 so that's just something to think about is you know uh, with as you think about projecting and 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 considering judges home run totals you know the 52 that he hit last year those came with a 34 percent um ground ball rate he's at 44 percent right now um, in terms of what that translates to and this is his 80 game right so this is a larger sample that we're looking at his fly ball rate was down at 33.5 percent over his last 80 games Um, and it was hovering in those mid 30s again since the middle of june so that is not where we want to see judge the hard hit rate is still there 50 percent over his last 80 games so he's hitting the ball really hard but he's hitting it on the ground more so that's just something that we need to consider the Z contact for a guy with his plate skills, the really good news is that it's super stable. I mean, it's just tracking the trend line um, at around 80% Z contact. So it's not great, but we know the dude hits the ball hard. Um, he's going to have a high BABIP. Hopefully he can increase that hard hit um, fly ball rate as well. So when I think about you know where, where does Aaron Judge um, slot in here, um, you know, I would probably slot him in. He's definitely in front of Bryce Harper for me, just because I think the batting average, um, you know, as crazy as it sounds, Harper has similar contact issues. Um, and I think um, Judge has been able to maintain much higher, much higher um, Babbitts uh, than Harper. So he's got to be ahead of him. I think he's in front of um, our buddy Paul Goldschmidt, um, uh, potentially, just because I think the lineup is there. So I would probably slot him between right after Alex Bregman right now. Um, I have Bregman um, 12th. Right now I have uh, Goldie uh, 13th. Again, you know, I am going to be adding players. I'm just using the ADP and going through that. Um, but, you know, right now I would I would slot Judge as a guy who's probably going to end up in the early second round for me. I think we've seen enough from the batting average and the stable contact skills that that batting average, which is really the only major flaw um, in his game, or not flaw really, but the K rate is the is the is the is the flaw. Um, but he's been able to maintain that batting average, so I feel decently comfortable there. 
So I think you're slotting him after Bregman. I think there's going to be some guys that hop over him as we go through these rankings. I think I'd put Sale um, for sure in front of him, maybe uh, after Bregman. You know, that's just, um, you know, that that is, um, uh, yeah. Well, actually, and I haven't added Freeman to this list, so you can bump him either further back. So I think you're looking at early second round for Aaron Judge. I like, you know, I think the ADP is 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 a good is good for the skills that um, that Judge has. Um, and so, yeah, so that's where I would I would slot in our our buddy Aaron Judge. Obviously, in OBP leagues, um, he gets a a boost with that tremendous uh, plate discipline and then the only somewhat weakness in his game is the stolen bases but still you know he's given you those uh you know six to nine stolen bases a year that is going to wrap us up for episode 33 of the bat flip crazy podcast uh thank you so much for listening if you did enjoy um if you are enjoying these player profiles if you enjoyed learning more about chris sale about Freddie Freeman, about Aaron Judge, uh, please do um, you know go on there, give us a rating, give us a review. Um, would greatly appreciate that. Uh, this is really fun. I really enjoy digging into these profiles, getting into the numbers, geeking out a little bit. Uh, I hope you do too. I imagine you do too at this point because um, I've been doing these for a little while now, so you know what you're getting yourself into. But um, it's nice to uh, yeah, it's nice to do the podcast and to have folks uh, who are listening. Um, and letting me know that they um, uh, appreciate it. Uh, It's just awesome to have a community of folks who are that into fantasy baseball that in the middle of November, uh, we can geek out on uh, contact rates and chase rates and hard hit fly ball rates of uh, all of these uh, players that we want to know more about. So, and it's also exciting, some of the first NFBC uh, drafts. I think there was four that happened yesterday, maybe. Um, but those are starting to happen. So football season is getting close to the playoffs. It's going to be winding down. People are going to be shifting their attention to fantasy baseball. Um, and then they will have hours upon hours of my voice drawing on, letting them know about the minutia of different player profiles. So anyways, that is enough from me. Thank you so much. You can reach me at BatFlipCrazy on Twitter. That is the best place to reach me. Thank you so much for listening. Really do appreciate it. Best of luck with all of your fantasy baseball research. Take care and be kind to one another.